Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today I have Chris Gordon with me, and we are going to be talking about our verse from Romans 8.31. It is, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So I'm excited because we're going to really dive deep in this episode and really focusing on like, what are these things that are being referred to in the verse? And what does that mean? How does that affect us and, and teach us about, um, you know, if God is for us, that God is for us. Um, so welcome back, Chris. Thank you. Good to be here. And for those of you that didn't listen to our last episode, if you want to know Chris's story and how God is for her specifically, go back and listen. Um, it was a great episode just hearing her talk about all the ways that God has really been for her in her life and how he has kind of created her a certain way and answered her questions. She is a question asker. And so now we are going to ask you the questions, Chris. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you actually wrote a Bible study on the book of Romans. Tell us a little bit about that. Like you, you talked about a little teeny bit in our first episode together. Yes. But, you know, I, that was the first Bible study that you've written. Now you've written what, eight? Eight. Yes. Just finished number eight. And I did not do it alone. I would never have done it alone. I wouldn't have the courage. But so we were in Lincoln, Nebraska, and a very good friend of mine named Hope Blanton was working then for my husband, who was uh -huh. uh, the lead pastor. And she was looking, she was in charge of looking for a curriculum for the women in our church. We had a really young church, lots of young babies, you know, the phase where you don't really ever sleep or do anything by yourself, <laughs> even go to the bathroom. Yep, yep. She was looking for stuff and everything she found that was uh, a good exegetical study that really got into the text and helped you go verse by verse, line by line, well, had all this homework, you know, days mm -hmm. of homework. And she mm -hmm. just thought she knew our women and said, oh, they, they can't do this. They don't have time for this. They're trying to mm -hmm. sleep and like maybe take a shower. And so she said to me one day, hey, you went to seminary. Will you write a Bible study? And I said, first of all, I said, um, you're crazy. And then I said, <laughs> after she buttered me up a little, I said, only if you write the questions, because Hope is a trained counselor. And oh. she has this way of taking scripture and really making you deal with your own heart, which those mm -hmm. of us who are more academically minded, we don't, we just want to get all the facts. We don't like dealing with our heart. And she is so good at that. I know now when we collaborate, I will write, you know, the, the sort of condensed commentary portion and send it to her. She'll send me back the questions. And I know they're good when I read them and go, I don't want to answer that. I don't want to answer that. <laughs> And I go, oh, these are good. Yes. Oh, these are good. Yes. <laughs> so that's how it started. You know, that's how uh, Romans happened. I would write it. She would write some questions and we'd sit down with our 15 or 20 women in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they would patiently go through the text with us. That that uh, was the beginning. It. Yeah. Uh, 
bless that. That's amazing. Um, I do remember those days. And even still, if you hit me with a Bible study that has like an hour of homework every day, I'm like, I don't think uh, I'm going to do that. Yep. Not because, or I maybe will, but I cannot do it in a in a format where I'm like with other women. Yeah. Because I know that's going to take me six months to get through and I cannot do it in six weeks. Yes. So I love, I love the um, condensed like, hey, we do want to, we do want to study this. We want to be real about it. But we understand you got like time constraints and frankly, like there might be other things that you're studying that you don't want to give up right now. Right. Sure. I'm always thinking as I'm writing, she's got 20 minutes, the baby's going to wake up. What does she need to know about this passage? That's sort of the paradigm from which I write, you know, yes. the, the dog is barking, the baby's asleep. What do you, what do you need to tell her? And oh my gosh. That's that's where we're coming I think from. you're there are some listeners out there that are listening to that and they're like, Yes, you know me. <laughs> I've been there, girl. I've been yeah, there. I know. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this verse is kind of a funny verse, actually, because it it references back mm -hmm. to something that's happened prior because it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? Mm -hmm. If God is for us, who can be against us? And and I love this part that says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Because it says, well, those are the things. Somehow in those earlier things, it's saying God is for us. But what are these things? I just want to look at some of the, these things. And we're just going to look back a little bit yep. at Romans chapter 8. Because I feel like, you know, here you are, our listener, and you're memorizing this verse along with us. And you're thinking, this is great. God is for me. But if you read and look back at, at Romans chapter eight, you can know specifically how God is for yes. you. And it is amazing. Yes. It's so good. Right. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. It's almost so, like you have these, he gives you this foundation. He sort of builds this foundation that you stand on when you get to verse 31. So now we're gonna now we're building this foundation for you. What is it we're standing on by the time you get yes. there? Yes. All right. Well, so why don't we just start with verse one and two yeah. of Romans chapter eight. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 has, I just need to memorize the whole thing mm -hmm. because I just love so many of the verses. They're just so, so, so good. Yes. And I'm like, I know that verse. I claim that verse. Yes. I, I love this verse. I have this verse memorized and that. I need to send the, like, tie them all together and memorize the whole thing. I was going to say, but make a tattoo. It starts here. <laughs> Goes to your elbow, just right yes. there, all of it. A whole sleeve. <laughs> I need right. a tattoo sleeve of Romans 8. Let's do it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so this is where we start. And so so theologians would talk about this, this, this idea as justification, right? Which is this big word that all it means is we have been declared right before God, which we weren't before. All that, you know, Romans 7 is all this, like, Paul is fighting with himself. Like, I don't want to do this thing, and I keep doing this thing. And he knows mm -hmm. he can't get himself out of it. And we all know if we know ourselves at all, we can't stop sinning. We can't do it. Can't will ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. And there is this penalty that has to be paid. And all of a sudden it's like this climax and it goes one Romans one through seven, just builds and builds and builds and builds like this problem. Ah, till this like screaming loud in your ears and we get to eight one and it's like the pinnacle. And mm. Paul says, and he did something about it. And this is what he did. He declared that you are right before God, not because of you, but because of what Jesus did. You get all the good things that he did. They've been, mm. you own those now. That's what he mm. says. 
Yeah, I remember one time studying this verse with a group of women and just like really dwelling on that idea of there not being any condemnation. And it was like this weight. I could mm. just feel the, the, the weight of the room get light. Mm -hmm. And it was just this sense of like, if God has said mm -hmm. that you are no longer condemned, if you believe that, if you believe that Jesus has paid this penalty for you, what are the things that you're holding on to mm -hmm. that they are not yours? Right. There is no condemnation. You have no, there is, God is not holding that against you. Why are you holding mm -hmm. that against you still? Yes. You know? Or listening to anybody else who might. Yes. He's the voice that Amen. he's the one that matters. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's right. All the Karens out there, don't right. let them judge you. That's right. Don't let them do it. They ain't got nothing on him. Uh -uh. That's right. Jesus has said, nope, this one is this one is mine. That's right. There is no condemnation here for her. That's right. So, but we got more. We got so more. We're just going to, we're going to keep going. That's number we're one. Keep going. Um, so let's go on and talk about how God has given us his spirit and adopted us as his children. Now, there's a whole lot more in here. Yep. So I, I'm challenging you all to go back because I'm skipping ahead now. I'm in verse 15. Mm -hmm. So I skipped a bunch of verse, verses there. But go back and read those other verses. For now, we're just going to focus on this one little tidbit. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought, you, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. So we go from the fear, he's talking about slave and freedom. So we go from the fear of a slave. If you think about the relationship of a slave and his master, it's duty, it's fear, it's what are you going to do to me? It's mm -hmm. what is my future? I'm not sure. Nothing is secure. Our relationship is all built on my behavior. And we transfer into freedom as children and mm -hmm. adoption. If you think about the relationship of a father and a child, it's all based on the instigating love of the father that comes first in a child parent mm. relationship and everything flows from that it is love for the child protection adoption is also in this passage and i think we if we can think too about paul in his day adoption a lot of times it it was a deliberate act and it was a choice to let this child both represent you in your estate mm -hmm. and also perpetuate your name and inherit the estate. So it was mm. this this fullness of inheritance mm. and adoption. And the same is true for us that we will represent God here as his children and inherit his estate. If you think about the estate of God, I mean, mm. the inheritance that we have not earned but been given is mind blowing. I think about this in I have an adopted child. My youngest child is 10. Mm -hmm. And it is helpful for me to think about what his name is Ezra. What did Ezra do to earn all the things that he has and that he will inherit? Nothing. He was laying in a NICU and I picked him up and said, this one is now mine. That is what mm. God does with us. He comes in our weakness when we have nothing to offer. He picks us up, chooses to love us and says, this one is mine. This one's mm. adopted. And it's all because of his instigating love. That's how any of it starts. Not because we did something right or he saw our future and thought, oh, she'd be, she's going to respond well. No, it's just his loving us. He chooses to love us because he chooses to love us. That's it. Mm, that is so good. I love that. I love too just that idea that we can, we can rest in 
his love for us mm-hmm. instead of work out of a spirit of fear mm-hmm. that, you know, and I think sometimes functionally as Christians, we work out of a spirit of fear instead of resting in the love that Jesus has for us, Yes, um, that the father has for us. Like this is such a functional verse of like, we need to shift our mind mm-hmm. from feeling like, oh, I don't know, I did this bad thing or, oh, I didn't do enough good things or whatever, like to this place of like, no, I am responding from the love that I have been given. What does it look like if we respond in love Mm -hmm. and in a positional place of being a child of God instead of a fearful place that like God is going to punish me? Right. Or am I making God happy enough? Yes. You know, <laughs> yes, all the things. Because I think what it comes down to is it's, it doesn't feel logical to us. Surely there's something I did or something I must do. It feels too good mm-hmm. to be true. And I sometimes think it's only when we get to that place that it feels a little bit like, ooh, is this maybe heresy? Am I maybe teaching heresy? If you feel like that, you've probably started teaching the gospel because it is, it is not logical, it's crazy. It's it really crazy. is. And it's super radical. Yes. Like, it's, it, like I even every every time I come at the gospel, it always re I'm always reacquainted with it. Mm-hmm. It is. It never seems to make it never makes sense to me. No. And it, it never will. It's <laughs> like, like, what? But but why, God, why would you even do that? Like, yes. you really? I mean, we had I honestly I had a women's retreat once and the speaker there. It was all our church and all the ladies. There's probably like 50 of us or something. And then the speaker there was adamantly talking about how God delights in us. Mm-hmm. And she had so many women come up to her and say, I I think that's not right. Mm. Boy, doesn't and that like, reveal our hearts and what we really believe. Yeah. She was yes. like, God is delighted in you. He delights in you. And mm-hmm. she backed it up with scripture and she preached the gospel. And so many women and women came to me as a pastor's wife and they were like, yep. I don't know. I think maybe there's, I think she's being a little heretical. You, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no girl, she is spot on. That's you right. need to hear it. You need to hear it. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. So let's keep going. Okay. We got, we got two more. Okay. If we can, if we can make it. Um, so I'm going to skip over the spirit intercedes for us. Yeah. But you just need to know that, that the spirit intercedes for you. And what intercedes means is he prays for you. Yes. He he takes the words that you don't know how to say. And when you pray, he like makes them, makes them all good. Mm-hmm. Um, prays for the things that you don't even know you need to be praying for. And we're going to do verse uh, 828, which is like, oh, it's such a good verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm. I don't even know. Do we need to say anything? I don't know. I just thought, just maybe just sit here and just think about that for a minute. Maybe I should read it again. Maybe you should. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm. All Again, like, doesn't that just seem heretical? Yes. It seems wrong to say that out loud. And it kind of seems like, oh, somebody made a poster to put up in the Sunday school classroom to make it sound good. No, this is actually in the Bible. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think one thing that we... You know, you, this is not like some platitude for the grieving widow. It's, it, mm. I mean, it is, it is for her, but we sometimes think of it in terms of like, well, we don't know what else to say, so we're going to say this. Mm. And I like to think of it as a, as a battle cry. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, you said, so when you're sitting in the middle of the thing that seems anything but good, this is where you go back to and say, you said, and I don't mm. see it and I don't understand it. 
but I am holding up your word. This is my battle cry. This is what I'm going to choose to lay over myself or my children or whatever, because I don't see it. All right. One more. Finally. And then we're going to come back to this because I think that this is so important. Um, Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So verses 38 and 39 in our next episode, we're going to come back to this verse. Mm -hmm. Um, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. That's that's it. We're going to end right there. <laughs> We're done. We're done here. Dwell podcast is over forever. You heard what you needed to hear. Amen. Uh, Go in peace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, just that idea that like literally there is nothing. There's nothing. Right. That's going to separate us. And what's interesting is it's not that he says there is nothing that's going to be hard. He doesn't say yeah. you're not going to suffer. He doesn't say you're not going to die. He doesn't say you're not going to be persecuted. All these things. In fact, he lists all these things. That will happen. What he's saying is go go to your worst case scenario, the worst thing mm-hmm. that you can imagine. That thing can't separate you from his love. Even that thing. And he lit, mm-hmm. you know, he goes through all these things to, to and you know, in scripture, when you have the polar opposites, the ends, night and day in the Psalms mm-hmm. or whatever it means, and everything in between. That's symbolic yeah. language for everything in between. So he is listing all these present future, height nor depth. He means everything in between. There's nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. can separate you from him. That's how committed. And it's not because it just sits there as this force in the earth. It is because he is actively sustaining. He is Mm -hmm. active in the middle of it. And he will not let in his active power, you be separated from his love for you. That's his commitment to you. No matter what you've done Mm -hmm. today or how you yelled at your children or were a jerk to your husband, whatever it is, mm -mm. can't do it. So, What are we going to say in response to these things, Chris? We say, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's it. That's all. (laughs) Okay. Well, we are out of time, but I'm excited. Next episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about these things that we feel like can separate us from God and talk more about what is this, like, how does this change us? How do we apply these things that we just talked about Mm -hmm. to our lives? What does that do for us? And there's a lot. So I am excited to talk again next time. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll meet back here next week. See you soon. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.